Radio. Hello, everyone. We are here. <laughs> we are ready to go. Oh, we got a good one today. The woman was forgiven. Well, what woman and who forgave her? That's what we want to know. We're going to see that today right here on New Hope Radio. Some of the greatest gospel scenes actually reveal some of the greatest theology. Did you know that? That's why I love to read the gospels. Oh. We learn things about God through Christ that we will not learn in other aspects of the Bible. The whole Bible's good. Oh, my favorite's the gospels. In our series, Women Jesus Met, we come to a woman to whom Jesus expressed grace, love, and forgiveness. We're going to know three characters in this account today. Number one, Jesus. Number two, Simon the Pharisee. And then number three, guess who shows up? That's right, the woman, the sinner. That's the one that was forgiven. So here's what's going on. Simon invites Jesus to his home. And you know what Jesus did? <laughs> he accepted. I never read where Jesus turned down an invitation, especially to dinner. He liked to go to people's homes. He's big on fellowship and dinners and being around people. Why? Because he had a lot to say. And he had some good things to say, too. So we find our story in Luke chapter 7, in verse 36, and it's a wonderful, wonderful account. Here's what it says. Now one of the Pharisees was requesting Jesus to dine with him. And Jesus entered the Pharisee's house, and he reclined at the table. I'm like, huh. Right away there's something different going on in this scene. It was usually the eldest of the gathering that reclined first, and then others followed by age. It was also customary for the scholar to be seated first. So you know what Jesus did? Walked right in, sat right down. You know why? He was the scholar. He's like, yeah, man, I know who I am. He walked right in. Sit right down. Remember that song? Baby, let your mind roll on. Now try to picture the look on the other Pharisees' faces. Jesus just walks in, all confident and bold, and just takes a seat. He wasn't the oldest, but he was claiming to be the smartest, the scholar. <clears throat> then verse 37, there was a woman in the city who oh, was a sinner. What kind of sin? Well, I'll let you figure that out. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table, speaking of Jesus, in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. Now, apparently, she had heard about Jesus previously, or she even heard him preach herself. And you know what? In his message, she found forgiveness. That's why people love to be around Jesus. He gave them hope. She found hope because she found forgiveness. 
you yourself know that when the gospel is preached, it draws people to it, right? Not all people, unfortunately, but it draws many people, thankfully. And I'm glad of that. I don't know why more people aren't drawn to the gospel. I mean, it's such good news. It really is. It's good news about God and what he's done for us and how he invites us to be with him. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's great. So, as was the custom of the day, when a guest entered a house, they were greeted with a kiss, their feet were washed, and they were made to feel welcome. That was the etiquette of the day. Now, we will see a stark difference between the Pharisee and the woman in these upcoming verses. Let's, let's make it applicable today. Let's say you have a guest come to your home. They knock on the door, or they ring the bell, ding dong, and you open the door, hello, hey, glad you could make it, right? Come on in. Can I take your coat? Would you like to sit down? Want something to drink, right? So you, you, you welcome them, you make them feel special. Well, Jesus walked in, here comes the woman, verse 38, standing behind him at his feet. Because you see, in those days, they didn't sit at a large dinner table. They, they reclined on these type of couches and they ate off of um, what we would consider to be like a coffee table, low to the floor, right? It's kind of like if you, if you sat on a pillow on the floor and put your dinner on a coffee table, that's kind of what it was like for them. So when she was standing behind Jesus, she was at his feet as Jesus was reclining on some type of a bench or a couch, something like that. And um, she was weeping. She was crying. And you know what happened? She began to wet his feet with her tears. And she was wiping his feet with her hair. She was kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. Wow. What a scene. Why was she crying? Her tears were the tears of gratitude. Here's a woman that was grateful. You know why? She was a sinner and she found forgiveness. Her hair Wiping Jesus' feet with her hair? <clears throat> that was a sign that she was occupied with Jesus and him alone. Because in those days, it was unacceptable for a woman to uncover her head or let her hair down in public. But you know what? When she was in that room, probably full of Pharisees, she saw no one but Jesus. You know, that's how our worship should be when we worship God. Let's say you're sitting in church on Sunday and your worship should be like that. Sometimes it's good to just shut out everything and see no one but Jesus. Don't be occupied with people when you're worshiping God. Don't even be occupied with yourself. Be occupied with God. He's the object of our worship. Okay? So that's what she did. She was only occupied with Jesus what she looked like to the other people didn't even 
enter her mind. She poured out herself on Jesus. And she brought him some perfume. The perfume was all she could do for him. She didn't enter Simon's house to find forgiveness. She entered Simon's house to show gratitude because she was forgiven. Oh yeah, she found forgiveness before this. Like I said, maybe it was in a message that Jesus taught. She understood, she heard. Oh, she heard him say incredible things about the love and the mercy of God. And she said, oh, that's for me. That's for me. Now, here's the contrast in verse 39. When the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw all of this going on, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he'd know who and what sort of person this woman who's touching him is. She's a sinner. Simon did not understand the mission of Jesus. He didn't. Just like a lot of people today. They have no clue who Jesus is or what he came to do. He didn't understand that Christ came for those that need a physician. He came for those that need mercy. They need grace. They need forgiveness. He came for the ones that other people rejected. He came for the ones that the religious crowd has rejected. Oh, how about this? He came for the ones that the church has rejected. So notice, when Simon was watching this, he didn't speak out loud. He just spoke to himself. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet. <laughs> but you, you know what Jesus did? He answered him. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Remember, whenever you talk to yourself, you're not really talking to yourself. <laughs> God knows. He hears it all. Even if you didn't use words. Even if your lips didn't move. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the Gospels tell us, hey, Jesus knew what was in their hearts. Jesus would say to somebody, why are you reasoning in your heart? I'm like, what? Jesus, you know what's in my heart? Yeah, how'd you know? I'm God. That's how. David said in Psalm 139, verse 4, even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. <laughs> God knows our thoughts even before they become words. Words make them public. Thoughts remain private. But Jesus knows the private as well as the public. So Simon's over in the corner talking to himself about Jesus and this woman. And Jesus says to Simon, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. Now, the phrase, I have something to say to you, means I'm going to say something that you may not want to hear. You know, it's like when your mother calls you when you were young and she used your middle name. It'd be like, when you heard your middle name, you went, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm in trouble, right? That middle name, you know, this is, this is now going to be official business, 
with my mother. <laughs> well, you were going to hear something you didn't want to hear. Well, Simon's going to hear something that maybe he didn't want to hear. And Jesus began to speak. He said, Simon, a moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii. Let's say denarii is a day's pay. So he owed 500 days pay to somebody. Wow. The other owed 50. We could say a denarii is a, a dollar. He owed $500. Another guy owed $50. You know, just for the sake of understanding. Okay. When they were both unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. Hmm. So which one of them will love him more? And Simon, answer, Simon answered and said, Well, I suppose the one that he forgave more. And Jesus said, That's right. You've judged, you've judged correctly, Simon. Now, in this little story that Jesus told, here are the actors. The creditor, the one that was owed the debt, that's God. The debt is... The one that owed 500 denarii, that's the woman. The one that owed 50 denarii, that's Simon. Neither debt, neither debtor can pay. Neither one. So, the creditor forgives them both. God wipes away both of their sins. The debtor the debtors respond with love to the creditor. But the debtor that was forgiven much more, the woman, she loves God more. And the debtor that was forgiven just a little bit, Simon, he just loves a little bit. That's all. Just a little. And you see, Jesus, oh, I love it. He, he can tell a story get somebody's mind off themselves. And by, by the time it gets to the end of the story, that person is in the story, if you know what I mean. So Jesus wants Simon to understand that, yes, the greater the sin, the greater the forgiveness, and the greater the response of love back to God. <clears throat> this woman is not denying her sin. But what she's doing is acting out in great love. So Jesus extends grace, love, and forgiveness. And then something happened. what happened. Turning toward the woman, Jesus said to Simon, Do you see this woman? Huh. See, because Simon was ignoring her. Jesus had Simon look at her. He looked at the woman and said, Simon, look at her. I entered your house. In other words, the guest came in. I came into the home of the host. And you know what? You gave me no water for my feet. Oh, but she, she wet my feet 
with her tears and wipe them with her hair. Simon, she is making up for your inexcusable failure as a host. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. Simon, you did not anoint my head with oil like a host would do. Oh, but she anointed my feet with perfume. And then Jesus, oh, then he dropped the bomb. For this reason I say to you, her sins, oh, which are many, oh yeah, got a lot of them, but they've been forgiven. For she loves much. But he who is forgiven little only loves a little. Simon, can you see? Can you see the economy of God, how this works? The greater the debt, the greater forgiveness is realized and the greater response of love back to God. Maybe that's why nice, good people, I don't know, I'm, I'm just speaking generally, in a sense, might not love God as much as the one that knows they're a rat and God saved them and forgave them. And they're like, oh, God, you delivered me from me. You delivered me from my own evil. I just want to serve you with the rest of my life. See, sometimes it takes knowing our own depravity to really respond back to God. We can't be spiritual snobs and love God to the greatest degree. We have to be completely humble and say, oh yeah, I am a lost sinner. I can't be like the people that change the words to Amazing Grace. With this particular group of people and they sang Amazing Grace, they sang, he saved a soul like me. Like, no. He saved a wretch like you. <laughs> like me. We're not just a soul. We are a wretch. We're depraved. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, there is no soundness in us. We need a Savior. We do. This woman knew, I need a Savior. Simon, he thought he was on par with the Savior. He thought he was A-OK. -okay. This woman like, oh no. Something happened to her heart when she heard Jesus speak. You know what happened? It broke open. And she let the grace of God flow in. And it made her brand new. So this woman is watching. And she sees Jesus defending her. He might be the only man that ever defended her in her life. He's affirming her. Imagine, let's say, sometimes when the Bible calls a woman a sinner, it means she is a prostitute. They don't get much respect from anybody. They don't get respect from anybody. And yet Jesus is affirming her. Wow, he's treating her with respect. He's also, you know what he's doing? He's carving out a place for her among his followers. Wow. Without saying it, he's inviting her to follow him. 
And that, maybe not necessarily in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. See, this is grace. This is love. This is forgiveness. These are the three things that kind of epitomize Christianity. Grace, love, and forgiveness. This is God. This is who God is. This is what God has done. It's what he's come to give. So for her, what was grace? Jesus accepted her. I mean, he really accepted her as a person. Not as a tool. Not as a vessel. As a person. That was grace. And then, love. Because he loved her, she loved him. With all she had. She had nothing. She held nothing back. Think about it. She poured out her tears. She let down her hair. And that expensive perfume that cost her her soul, she poured it out on Jesus. And then, after the grace, after the love, the forgiveness. That's why Jesus would say, for this reason, Simon, I say to you, her sins, oh yeah, there are many, a lot of them. Every Friday night, every Saturday night, well, I don't know, Saturday's the Sabbath, I don't know if they worked. But he said her sins are many, but they've been forgiven, and she loves much. But Simon, I want to tell you something. If you think you're only forgiven for a little, you're only going to love a little. That's it. That's what you're going to love. And then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Now, he said that confirming the fact that, that, that they had already been forgiven, but he wanted Simon to hear it. And he wanted the other Pharisees to hear it. Oh, she was forgiven before she came to the house. That's why she came to the house. To express her gratitude for what Jesus had done. She was grateful. Think about that. Isn't it important to, uh, to express our gratitude for what Jesus has done for us? I'd say so. Oh, yeah. And how do you do that? Well, you give him your time, you give him your talent, you give him your treasure. But the first thing you give him is your heart. Because when he's got your heart, then he's got your time, your talent, and your treasure. But it's the heart first, because that's the real you. So she was forgiven before this day because she heard the message and she believed. Oh, that's the key. Don't just listen, but you got to believe. you got to believe. James says, don't be just hearers of the word. He said, be doers, but even before you're a doer, you've got to believe it. It's got to go deep into your soul. And it's got to become your frame of reference. The Word of God is your frame of reference. You've got to believe it. And when you believe it, you know what it does? It gives you comfort, security, stability. It encourages you. It gives you power. Oh, yeah, the Word of God does a lot. It's everything that we need to get through this life. So this grace, this love, 
in forgiveness. That is the gospel message. That is. You want you want to break down the gospel into three words: grace, love, and forgiveness. This is what God wants to give us through his son. That's it. He wants to give us grace. He wants to raise us up, put us in a better place. He wants to give us love so we can be affirmed and secure. And he wants to give us forgiveness so we can have a future. And even in the present, we can live life without the heavy burden of guilt. Oh, that's no good. A lot of people guilty today. They're guilty. And sometimes I think they, they want to punish themselves for what they did. Let me tell you something. Jesus took your punishment. doesn't matter what you did. You come to Christ, and he takes that away. That's why we come to Christ. Takes it away. I've done bad things in my life. Oh, yeah. But I have the security and the assurance that, wait a minute now, Jesus forgave those things. He did. As a matter of fact, sadly, he took my punishment upon himself. And that's something that I'm glad he did for me, but I'm sorry I did it to him. But that's what he did for all of us. He took our punishment upon himself. That's the grace. That's the love. And that's the means of forgiveness. Listen, go through life with that. Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor and you're heavy laden, you're weary, you're weighted down. Oh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I'll give you rest for your souls. He said, come and learn of me. That's all you have to do. Learn who I am and what I've done for you. It's a Christian life, isn't it? It's a learning trip. It's our journey to learn about the Lord, who He is, and what He's done. Join the Hope Club yet? What are you waiting for? Get a daily devotional Monday through Friday in your email. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click giving, then the e-giving. Fork over three bucks a week. You can do that. Keep us on the radio. Pays our radio bills so we can be here. Hit, fill out the info, hit submit, put you on the mailing list, and you will get an email devotional Monday through Friday. And your $3 a week, along with a whole bunch of other people, are going to keep us on this fine station. So I want to thank you for that. And I'll see you next time. That's right. For more New Hope Radio.